When we think of the fundamental reasons why God's place is on the earth, one of the biggest reasons is that we're to live sent for his mission. And um, I want to talk about this topic today. We've We've been looking at topics specifically for you college students. But again, a topic that applies to literally everyone yeah. who's a Christian, which is we need to live on God's mission. So let's let's just dive straight into this. What does it mean to live sent? What are we what are we talking about when we use that term? Yeah, uh, I mean it's just a shorthand way of saying essentially what you say is you're living sent by God, just like we know we are, right? Yeah. Like like Jesus gave us the Great Commission, Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty. And he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yeah. And so we know we're sent by Christ. We're also called his ambassadors in the New Testament. Yeah. And so the idea of living sent, I like that phrase specifically because in the context of being in college, especially if you're on a secular campus, you're there like you're you're in the mission field Mm -hmm. on campus but you're surrounded by people who need the good news of the gospel what need will the if you're not already having a lot of ministry opportunities there it's likely the issue is that you're not living sent in that context Hmm. yeah so you've been Equipped with a message to change lives. Yeah. You've been purposefully placed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a real sense in which college students can reach people that you and I can't. Oh, yeah. And I know when I was a college student, I tended to look at people that were in leadership and go, well, they have all the opportunities. And, and I do have a lot of opportunities, and so do you. But the opportunities I have are different than what a college student would have. I can't reach the same people that you can reach. Yeah. And, and you have this open door with certain people at this time in your life. So you've been placed by a sovereign God who's fully in control of every detail of your life, who's put you there, right? Yeah. With a message that can bring life, and he has certain people that he wants you to impact. Mm-hmm. Right? Ephesians 2.10 talks about how God has you know, laid out these good works for us beforehand. So he has certain good works that he wants us to walk in, and he's calling us to do that. So yeah, you have a mission, mm-hmm. which definitely changes your mindset, right? About how you view everything. If yep. you go, oh, God's God's intentional about where I am, and He's given me the greatest message in the world yeah. to change lives. Okay, so that's so that's what it means to live sent. Mm-hmm. What what motivates you and others that you know to live in this way? The first thing that comes to my mind is considering how I've experienced. God's love in my life. And I, I've been radically transformed by God. Hmm. Like he has impacted my life in such significant ways. And I'm so thankful for that. And I've had people tell me I'm thankful. I've had people tell me that when you, when you consider that, when you think about all the good that God's done in your life, one of the next thoughts you should have after being thankful to him is, Man, how good would it be for others to experience this as well? Mm. And so just considering how God has blessed me and transformed me, how my whole life is on a different trajectory now than it was before, makes me makes me want to go share that good news with others. And, mm. and, and then the other thought that happens, I want to say at the same time, is God's glory really propels me to want to live sent mm. in every context of my life. Because 
God deserves people's praise. God is so good. It is a tragedy that more people aren't praising him. Like yeah. more people, he deserves all praise. And so it's like like verses like uh, Psalm 92, 15 says, to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Like everyone's worshiping something with their life. And if it's not God, it's something unrighteousness. God has no unrighteousness in him. That's where their praise should be going. Um, That's good. Yeah, and that, and that reminds me of, I mean, so many of the Psalms speak to God's redemption that then results in praise. Yeah. So because he has saved us, because he's rescued us, we have to praise him. Psalm yeah. 51, right? Like, Create me a new heart, oh God, right? And then I'll tell sinners your ways. Yeah. Or Psalm 30, you've turned my mourning into dancing. And, and it says that, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. Mm-hmm. So we're meant to go and tell what God's done for us. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Good. What else What else motivates you? Because I know a lot of people are going to have a hard time really being motivated to live in this kind of a way. It's, it's risky. Yeah. Um, being more concerned with what God thinks about you than what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's huge. That, that's a huge thing um, that will transform the way you see those interactions. Um, and the other thing is considering that person's relational status with God. Mm. Like looking around at the people around me, this, this, this hits me every time, and I'd encourage you to do this, is go sit on a bench in the busiest part of your campus and pray for God to give you a heart for the lost. And like think, look at and think about each person walking by you. Now don't be creepy, you know, don't be staring at people. <laughs> but just like, you know, just sit out there and talk to God, pray to God and ask him to give you a heart for the thousands of lost people literally swarming around you. And I did this uh, when I was actually, when I was recently out of college. No, it wasn't. It was in my senior year, my senior year of college. I did this. And at first I just saw a crowd of people. And then as time went on, I started thinking about each individual person as an eternal soul that would be spending eternity either in heaven or hell. Wow. Now I know that I'm not going to be the one saving them, right? Like God's yeah. the one saving them, but that doesn't change the fact that I have the good news and God's told me to go share it with them. Yeah. So out of a honor and reverence for God and out of a love and concern for people, uh, those two things majorly propel me uh, to want to live sent That's for awesome. God. That's really cool. Because, yeah, you, if you see them as eternal souls, then someday you could be rejoicing with them in heaven. Yeah. That, of course, it, God deserves all the credit, but God used you mm-hmm. to bring them into his kingdom. That's yeah. an amazing thing. And uh, I, yeah, I want to want to have that extra joy, you know, that you yeah. have in heaven yes. because of being part of someone's story. What better thing could you invest your life in yeah. than that? You know, I can invest my life into, I mean, having like a awesome early retirement, you know, and yeah. uh, getting to go on a bunch of awesome vacations. All those things are going to end. Yeah. Uh, if I invest my life into people getting saved, if I get to be used by God to see that happen, I'm going to get to experience and see the fruit of that investment for eternity. Yeah. How awesome is that? That's awesome, man. That's so Praise cool. God. 
What are the, what are some uh, motivations or verses that you have that propel us to live sent? Hmm. Uh, another one is Romans eight thirty eight through okay. thirty nine. It says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hmm. And uh, this is, this is uh, circling back to the same idea of, of understanding and appreciating the magnitude of God's love for us. But I, I think of that verse, and it just communicates the power of God's love and the intention, the personal intentionality of God's love for individual people hmm. is shocking. Yeah. It, it is shocking. That's, that, yeah, that's amazing that, that nothing can separate them, right? Those that God has chosen and love, as mm-hmm. we see in the, the context of Romans 8, yeah. right, that that nothing can separate them from that love, that God's love will conquer everything yeah. to bring them into his kingdom and to keep them, right, until yeah. the end. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so that that's a good motivation, not not simply guilt, well, I'm supposed to do this, yes. right? We used to, I had friends like maybe 10 years ago that were part of an on-campus ministry, and we used to make fun of them because they would go and witness. They would uh-huh. call it witnessing, and they would go out with their tracks and walk around campus, but all of them were too afraid to ever talk to anybody. Mm. So they just felt really guilty the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then they got done and they felt miserable, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, man, such a sad motivation as opposed yeah. to this kind of motivation of, wait, God's going to save people. Yeah, I don't know who, but he's going to save them. Yeah. He's loved them since before time began, and he's empowered me to do it, And even though I'm weak and I have yes. no, I may have no skill. But again, God can use whatever He wants yes. to accomplish His purpose. So why not me? Why yeah. not you know? Absolutely. So that's just so much more fun. I know you talk about it a lot as a what do you call it? Divine treasure hunt. Yeah, uh, a divine oh, Easter egg hunt. hunt. Yes, divine Easter, Easter egg, egg hunt. hunt. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That there are these these treasures, these souls that God's going to redeem. You just don't know who they are. Yeah. So you got to kind of look all over the place, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and have conversations. And you get to do this with God, your Father. Yeah, it's like I picture like my, my son Calvin. Like when I ask him to help me work on a project, I don't do it because I'm in desperate need of his help. <laughs> you know, he's six to clarify. Yeah, yeah. So he's six, uh, and I love him, and he's he's great. He's a hard worker, but I am fully capable of taking care of that project on my own. I want to include him with me because I love him, and I want him to participate with me in this. Yeah, I really think that's more what. Uh, living sin looks like. God's not like, how am I going to save that person? I just need Cody or Brandon or somebody to go do it for me. It's like, no, God's got it all under control, all on his own. But he actually loves us so much that despite our fumblings and uh, immaturities and uh, even maybe mixed motives, like he invites us to join him in this eternally significant mission. Yeah, that's incredible. And he calls us not because we're the smartest or coolest or whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, but because he wants to bless us yes. by letting us be part of something that's eternally significant. Yep. And it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing that God would allow us to be part of it because you're like, we could totally mess this up, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. He's sovereign, so we can't, but it's like yeah. you would think that, right? Yeah. Like, for him to put anything into our hands, I think about that all the time as a pastor. 
oh my goodness, right? Like to be an under shepherd of the great shepherd, mm -hmm. it's like he's entrusting me with his treasures, right? Mm -hmm. With something very, very precious to him. So that that makes you stand up a little straighter and be a little <laughs> more serious about what he's called you to. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts on how to kind of verses or principles for motivation to live sent? Uh, one, one that comes to my mind often is Luke 19, 10. And it says, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Hmm. And again, clearly I'm not the one saving anybody, but it just shows why Jesus came. Like Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. And I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I'm a follower of Christ. I want to follow him in what he prioritized. And he really prioritized going out and seeking after investing time with those who were far from him. He obviously also invested time pouring into those who were already following him. Yeah. But he didn't allow emphasizing one to cause him to neglect the other. He did both. And I, I, I think a lot of the time uh, it's very easy to kind of get encamped in one side or the other. But Jesus did both yeah. perfectly, obviously. But that's a great example to follow. And I think he did set an incredible example to follow in that way, in that we, we invest time, you know, in our Christian community and in growing and investing in those who are already Christians, um, helping them grow, and in in the following example of, of seeking the lost and and wanting to share the good news with them. That's good, man. That's great. Well, I many people are going to respond to this by saying, "I know the Scripture tells me to do that. I know it's important, but it might cost me too much." You know, yeah. I, I just shared with you a story just came to my attention, but of somebody who had this opportunity to be part of something that was like this, doing outreach, and was just like, you know what, no, it's, uh, I don't know what kind of blowback I'm gonna get, Yeah. right? It totally makes sense in a lot of ways, but how would you respond, how would you speak to someone like that about why this is worth it? I mean, it's worth it because it's eternal in nature. It's worth yeah. it because God's in control and he's not gonna rip you off. Like that's a huge, huge uh, like mental tool to have on hand uh, when you deal with this temptation to not be bold in your faith out of fear. Is that you might like that you might lose something. Mm -hmm. And I'm obviously if you're just being like an annoying, terrible person, and then using the excuse of oh it's because it's outreach or something. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actual like. Uh, sharing good news with people, you know, being intentional with, with, with people out of love. Yeah. And do you really think God's going to rip you off for that? You know, is God mm. ever going to rip you off when you follow him in obedience? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it, it reminds me of uh, Matthew 20, the, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Yeah. One of my favorite um, sermons is by Martin Lloyd-Jones. Mm in his book, Spiritual Depression, on that passage. And one of the points he makes in the sermon is every... So the the if you remember the parable, it's the first workers come there and the, and the master says, hey, work my vineyard and I'll give you what's fair. Mm -hmm. And then the... Uh, or sorry, the, the first ones say, he says, I'm going to pay you. And they'll say, uh, they say, you know, give us this wage. And he agrees to it. And then he hires throughout the day. Mm -hmm. 
And even the, you know, at the end of it, he pays everyone and he pays everyone the exact same amount. Mm-hmm. Even the guy who only worked for the last half hour of the yeah. day, right? <laughs> yeah. And one of the points that Lloyd-Jones makes in his sermon is that God is this perfect accountant. And when we allow him to set the wage, as the later people did, mm-hmm. like he gives abundantly beyond what we deserve. But when we bargain with him and try to you know, get something out of him, then we, we only get what we deserve in a sense, right? Yeah. Or in in real life, often worse than you know, or what you know, what we deserve is a bad thing. But I still love that principle of that God He sees, He knows everything that you've done, and He will reward you mm-hmm. according to His economy. And yeah. His economy is perfect. Yes, and He's gonna just He's gonna blow us away with the way that He's gonna reward us for yeah. faithfulness if we give that to Him. Mm-hmm. But I agree. So often we're trading eternal treasures and eternal rewards for something. That right now seems like it's worthwhile, but it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the opinion of people, or you, you think you'll have, your business will have more success if you don't talk on this issue, or you don't take a stand for Christ. Yeah, whatever it might be, and it's it's always false. Mm-hmm. If you think about it in in the in reverse way, in that you have the opportunity to put at risk to to invest these things that are temporary. Yeah. With, the, with a payout that's eternal, it's like uh, investing in a 401k with a monopoly money <laughs> and getting actual money when it, when it, when it, when it finishes. That's great. You know, it's like, oh, of course I'm willing to give up this monopoly money. It's like... I can't spend it's on only, anything. It's, yeah. only, it's only useful in this short amount of time I'm playing the game of Monopoly, but that's like investing things that are only of this world for eternal blessings from God. Yeah. This, I mean, we're, we're only investing monopoly money here Yeah. compared to... Yeah, and oh, I, that I didn't get anything from that investment. Uh, that I can see. Well, it, I, it wasn't worth anything anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. Opinions of people or whatever <laughs> it was. It's actually not as big of a loss <laughs> as we as we think in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Any, any other thoughts on if someone says it's too costly to live this way? Any other thoughts on that? I I think that as a follower of Christ, we're constantly tempted to look for meaning outside of God. Like who he is and who he says I am, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's again a lot of where where the the fear comes from is because the the fear is is there primarily because of misplaced uh, source of where we're looking for meaning in our life. Yeah, and so ultimately, if I'm making my decisions based off of a hope for success in life or or uh, joy in life uh, or meaning because of my work or these relationships or any of those we've the first mistake we made was looking to those as the source in the very first place when we need to be looking to god hmm. and that's super easy to do. That that's not if that's where you find yourself, that makes sense. It's a daily battle, I would say, is remembering to look to God yeah. as our, our actual foundation uh in life. And so use it as a helpful check, not just for this area of of living sent on campus and in outreach, but uh if you want, if you will try to be more intentional with living sent is actually likely going to help you weed out some of these other deeper issues in your faith hmm. and help you mature in more areas than just uh, in the category of outreach. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so there's <clears throat> there's eternal benefits to living sent. Mm-hmm. 
There's, it's going to grow you. I just think also there's like so much joy, short term and long term, right? Yeah. Much more long term, I'm sure. But gosh, even in the short term, just be part of seeing, you know, like for for me, I definitely get to walk people like through the gospel for the first time, bring yeah. them to faith, whatever, you know, be that kind of like closer. Yeah. <laughs> but often it's like you're just somewhere on that journey. But man, to see people like see lives changing in the here and now is incredible whenever we do baptisms at our church it's just one of the most joyful things yeah because there's like people in the church who've had a role in that person's life and and really in a sense everyone who's there has had a role by welcoming them in encouraging them right incorporating them into the community things like that oh yeah man just so much joy to say, God, you saw it worthy not just to save me, but to allow me to be part of seeing that person's life transformed. Yeah. And what's better than that? Oh, it's so good. Right? And often, even just in the short time, you have people come back to you and say, this is how you impacted my life. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It and, is. And uh, yeah, just think of what that will be fruit, you know, what fruit that will bring in eternity mm-hmm. is overwhelming. It is, yeah. And, and you brought up one thing specifically that I think would be important to mention, which is that... Uh, evangelism, outreach, like whatever you want to want to call it, it is not a solo sport. Yeah. It, it is it's a team sport, right? God God uh gave us the church both globally but also locally to be the context with which he is moving and reaching the world. Yeah. And so don't try to lone be a lone wolf Christian on your campus, you know, as a, as a solo missionary and like an unreached people group or something, when God's given you like a local church that you could be plugged in with and you could be taking people that you're reaching and plugging them into the local church and showing them what it looks like to participate in that kind of a fellowship. So, and that's going to be way uh, more effective just practically speaking, because there's going to be an actual community to, to welcome people in and to love them. And like you're saying, like there's so many different people who could and will be able to, have a piece in that person's life change story, which yeah. is going to bless everybody more. That's good. Yeah. So go, yeah, get, become part of a local church if you're not already. Yeah. Don't, don't be foolish, right? You need input and you need yeah. support. Be part of an on-campus ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're at UC Santa Cruz, come to GCC, come to Challenge. <laughs> don't be a noob. Um, but, you know, I'm sure people will see this from other schools too. Yeah. But man, being part of a great local church that values evangelism and discipleship is crucial. You it need is. that. You, yeah. need, you need a team around you. Yeah, absolutely do. Good. Well, there's so much more we could say. Obviously, this is kind of your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I just want to encourage all of you to, to live sent, to take seriously, okay, how can I be part of a community and share the good news with others and be bold about my faith and be joyful about this mission that God's given to it to me. Yeah. So uh, I encourage you to do that. And uh, we'll have some more videos on other topics about thriving in college uh, up ahead.